Welcome to Your Security, a podcast on walking victimless in today's world. I'm Gabriel Grimes. In this podcast, I discuss how to stay alert and situationally aware no matter where you are or where you go. So glad you're here. Believe it or not, it is April 16th and episode 52, day 31 of the COVID response. The Wuhan flu response, because where did the flu come from? Where did this virus was first discovered? Was in a small little town in China. Not really small. Have you gone online to check it out? Man, Wuhan is a huge city. And it started there, Wuhan. And um, China... Did uh, some took some interesting steps when it first happened. Of course, they denied it, denied it, denied it. Then when they couldn't deny it any longer, then they made sure that no one from Wuhan could travel anywhere outside of Wuhan. So there, the, that's the first city that had the containment zone, the quarantine zone in the whole world. That was the city where it started. That's where the city that had the first quarantine steps being taken place or enforced by the government. So much so that they were arresting people on the streets. They were isolating people that had the flu or it was, uh, it was obvious that they had the flu. Uh, there were some secret videos that came out, and I don't know of how much you pay attention to these different media uh, streams, but I saw this in TikTok, where even on TikTok, these uh, videos that were coming out out of Wuhan were of people that just would fall over. So it's kind of like strange. People that would get the flu, get this Wuhan flu, because that's what they were calling it then, not the COVID-19. COVID-19 is the, the that type of virus, and it came out in 2019. That's why it's COVID-19. But people that would have that virus would just pass out in the street. They would be standing still and all of a sudden they would just pass out. Those videos, you cannot hardly find those videos anywhere. They've kind of disappeared. How? I don't know. Who took them off? I don't know. Anyway, it's pretty obvious that someone's trying to cover up something. Oh, by the way, yes, I am self-containing at my house, and that means that there's a lot more noise here. My wife, of course, my daughter, and my son are all here, along with my miniature schnauzer, who always jumps around and barks on the occasion, occasional uh, Amazon Prime delivery at the front door. So, thank you for bearing with me, as I am sure you too are enjoying your time with your family during this COVID response. Well, as we have seen with everybody staying home and school closing down early, lots of kids are staying home doing school online, right? But what does that mean? That means that our children are more exposed online to online pariahs and predators. So I would highly encourage you to watch, monitor your kids' activity online. Go ahead and check every now and then what is it that they're opening and doing on their phones and on their computers, who are they interacting with? I mean, these are just, it's just a common basic tip. You know, 
these predators have not stopped. These predators have not decided that they were no longer going to be predators now that there's a virus out there on the loose. No, these guys continuously do it. This is part of their makeup. And it's important for us as adults, as parents, as uh, guardians of our minors to be cautious of what these predators are doing online. And the way they do that, the way we protect from these um, these predators is by watching and monitoring what the minors are doing in our homes. Don't feel bad. I, mean, I know parents who have come to me and said, "Well, I just feel bad about school or uh, um, uh, looking in. I feel like I'm checking in too much on my child, not giving my child enough privacy." I totally understand that, but it is much. It is, it is better. You're going to feel much better at night sleeping comfortably by knowing that you have thoroughly checked the, uh, the person that your child's online activity than not. And if you have spoken with your child and you've communicated with your child that this is just common practice, that you will constantly monitor their activity, then it won't feel like a burden to them. They won't feel like their privacy is being invaded. Now, they're not going to like it, but they're not going to feel like that privacy is invaded. You know, we're not going to make sure, make sure that you don't make it sound like a Gestapo type thing, but make it... Make it uh, a routine, something that you constantly do on a daily basis, on a on a on every other day basis. I would I would encourage you not to make it uh, known what time you're going to do that, but that you do this once or twice, uh, three times a week. That way, you can uh, check what kind of texts are going out, what kind of chats are going out, in and out images. Be sure that your parent, your kids understand that there is nothing that could happen to them, nothing that could be discussed online that cannot be discussed with you. I think, you know, the, the predators are doing very well in frightening our children, using social pressure against them to shut them up and not telling us what it is that um, they're talking about because we as parents might feel bad about it or might feel uncomfortable about it. So it's important for our kids to realize that, yes, they can come to us. They can talk about whatever it is that's going on online. So I want you to be very careful about that. Crime continues to go on. Know what is going on at all times. So what is going on in the COVID crisis? How are things panning out? I feel like I have been monitored by somebody because I have noticed that between the John Hopkins University and the New York City Health Department, we have they have finally cleared up the differences between the numbers and now their numbers match. I know. It has been crazy for the last 31 days, but now, finally, after 31 days, I have noticed a difference. So if you go to John Hopkins University, you will see, and again, I'm focusing on just the numbers for New York City. 
If you go to the John Hopkins University website, which will be added, that link will be added at the end of this podcast, you will see that 10,899 people have been reported dead uh, because of the COVID virus. So 10,899. New York City's health department website shows that there are, as of today, 6,840 confirmed deaths of the COVID virus. And then check this out, 4,059 probable deaths because of the COVID virus. Now, I appreciate that. I have noticed that some of the reporting has been wishy-washy, kind of kind of mushy, in that some of the numbers have been skewed on the side of the COVID, the COVID numbers, making sure that the COVID numbers are higher than normal. Like for instance, John Hopkins University, by saying 10,899, the number seems a lot more exaggerated. Whereas in New York City Health Department, they're saying 6,840 are confirmed because of COVID, whereas 4,059 are only probable. What does that mean? That means if you went to the hospital and you had pneumonia and that somebody came in to see you and they had COVID, if you died of pneumonia, according to the John Hopkins University method, you would be considered, or that death would be considered, a COVID-19 death. In New York City, they would put you under the probable not confirmed. So in any case, if you look at these numbers, 6,840 plus 4,059 add up to 10,899. That's right. They finally made the numbers match. And I find that to be really, really interesting. Good. It took 31 days, but at least they finally got the numbers down. And I do appreciate all of that effort. So how do we take care of ourselves in this new world? We have to have a plan. As you've seen back and forth from city to city and state to state, we've noticed that these these locations, these local and uh, state governments did not have a plan, or at least they weren't executing a plan that they may have. They all acted as if they were trying to catch up to figure out what was going on. Even these numbers, the John Hopkins University, uh, New York City Department of Health, both of these numbers are coming out of similar uh, sources, and all those sources should have been co- uh, sharing information so that the numbers were exact. Now, I understand <clears throat> in a in a situation like this where anyone can die at a moment's notice and one por- one person's source could increase a number by one or two and not be reported properly across the line of other of other reporting agencies that there can be a difference between maybe 10 20 you know in a city but when we're talking about uh in the past, we were talking about over 800 numbers. There was 800 di- uh, people difference between one reporting site and the other. And that's just plain ridiculous. Again, it just shows the fact that these people were not planning. They hadn't planned. They hadn't properly managed their uh, uh, communications. And I find that to be fantastic. So what can we expect now as we move into a different phase? That's the coming back to work phase. 
I don't know if you've been watching the news, but Donald Trump has caught a lot of flack talking about coming back to work. And that's understandable because people are afraid. People don't know what to do, what to expect. And even though in the back of their mind, they understand that this virus will never leave. It will always be there. There's always that hope that somehow the government will be able to flip a switch, make a decision, or I don't know. Uh, create a law that always works for government. Create a law which will make sure that no one else dies. And that's just ridiculous. It just will not happen. But that doesn't mean they're not going to stop and, and ask for it. And if anyone does die, then people are going to accuse someone in power for not doing something. The reality is... The virus is going to be here. There's going to be more deaths. There's going to be more impact in our economy. But when do you pull the trigger? When do you decide it's time to get people back to work? And that job, that uh, responsibility falls on the big shoulders of President Trump. That's He's the one who started all of the social distancing because of the suggestions he got from the WHO and from the CDC and from his experts. He's the one who stopped talking. He's the one who encouraged people to stay home. He's the one who encouraged people to, minim- to reduce the number of people uh, coming together in one room. Uh, so, yeah, it's his responsibility. Now, I know some of the um, reporters were questioning the president saying, well, who gives you the right to do this or that? Uh, well, he can make statements and recommendations, and the rest of the states then make their decisions on their own. And I think that's where a lot of people were getting stuck. Now, the states can make their own decisions and own rules, but again, the states are making rules that go against the Constitution. You know, the Constitution gives us the right to freely congregate. We can congregate. It does not say anything that, oh, if there's a virus, if something is contagious, you can suspend your constitutional rights. There is nothing like that in the Constitution. But what's happening is people are so afraid that they're going to that they're letting everybody else break the rules, break the Constitution, because, quote unquote, it's the nice thing to do. It is the right thing to do. It is the way to protect people's lives. And everyone should, you know, pitch in. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to use this platform as a political platform so much, even though I have exposed my own um, uh, views on the, the this position. But I can say that uh, as we move to work, we're going to have people on both ends of the spectrum. You're going to have people that say, yes, it's time to go to work. Other people are going to say no. But what that means is it's going to create a, a feeling of, of angst. It's going to create um, a, a stressful situation throughout the United States. So be very cautious and aware of what's going on. If you believe that you should wear a mask, wear a mask. If you believe you don't have to wear a mask, wear a mask. (laughs) The thing is, fear and people who are in fear are going to do things that are irrational. And who knows who might... Uh, lose their ability to ra- of rational thought because they see someone that they believe it will cause them harm. 
And so this is a, a fear that people have that they may die or they may bring home something that will make someone at home die. So their actions are based on that fear of death. And when someone has a fear of death, uh, anyone can, that person will do just about anything to stay alive. So let's be smart. Even though, you know, the doors are open and people start going back to work, it does not mean you can act like you always have acted in the past. Be alert, be aware, have a plan, carry that mask, and just be cautious of what things are going on around you. It has been a great day today here in Houston, in the Woodlands, Texas. Sun has been out all day. The temperature has been in the low 70s. It has been absolutely perfect. I thank God for that. I thank, um, the, I thank God and everything that is in nature that he created for that. It's just amazing. The nice, cool breeze, I have to tell you. And I'm not trying to encourage you to move down to Texas because of this amazing weather. I'll tell you what, Houston's amazing, but the humidity can be brutal. Thank God it has not been that brutal in these last few days, especially today. But I can say the day was amazing. The nice, cool breeze kept the bugs away and... I'm telling you what, after I finish this podcast and posting it online, I am going to go outside, walk the dog, and just enjoy this beautiful time. Because you know what? August is coming, ladies and gentlemen. August is coming. And it's going to be hot, and it's going to be stinking stinky. (laughs) And I'm going to wish it were now, April 16th. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. What am I doing to staying alert and aware, eating healthy? I am I am being positive. I am reaching out to family and friends and talking to them, seeing how they're doing. I'm sticking to a routine. And I am talking to you guys. You know what? Talking to you guys is part of my social outlet, and I feel good about it. So no matter where you go and where you are, remember that you are security. Security.